It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball, basketball, golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him, Dave underscore S. So you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, Uncle Dave, here we go. Wednesday, it's actually Wednesday afternoon. We have some early MLB games, early NBA games. I want to talk some baseball with you and maybe a little bit of basketball. And Mackenzie Rivers sent over an early game for me today. He gave us the Jazz and the Nuggets. He has a player prop, so let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and get into that. My best bet, Donovan Mitchell over 29.5 points. So last game, he goes off for 57, third most of all time. Now, I think it's important whenever you're betting it over to consider the bear case, why this won't happen, because it often doesn't. So obviously he can get hurt, he can get fouled out, or he can get in foul trouble early in the game, and your bets could be dead in the first quarter. Okay, granted. Given all that, I think Donovan Mitchell has a strategic advantage that he can push and push and push all series, and they might double, they might drop into a zone. I could definitely see that happening. But in general, they have no one that can hang with them on the perimeter, and in transition, and Nikola Jokic, their center, their all-pro center, if he has one deficiency, is that he's a center that doesn't have great rim protection skills. Donovan Mitchell, much like my favorite player growing up, straight out of Chicago, Dwayne Wade, he lives in the paint. He's one of those guards that can shoot, much more range than Wade. Good Good mid-range shooter like Wade, but he lives to get into the paint, draw fouls, finish through contact. Now, let me spend about 10 seconds to, to disabuse you of a conspiracy theory that somehow become mainstream, and it just simply isn't true. In 2006, Dwayne Wade shot a record amount of free throws, not because the Dallas Mavericks were somehow the bane of existence for the NBA and they wanted them to lose on purpose. No, because if you watch the, ga- watch the games, and they're all out there, he got fouled a lot. There might have been one or two bad calls, but he got fouled a lot. Because every single time down court, he was the main option. Shaq only scored 10 points a game in that series. He got into the paint. He got fouled a lot. Nothing you can do about that at a certain point except stop fouling, and then he's dunking on you and he's hitting layups, and trust me, that's worse. Donovan Mitchell, he didn't shoot great to score 57 points, to be honest. He shot 6 for 15 from 3. I could easily see him going 6 for 15 again. But he got 13 free throws. And... Don't have it in front of me, but a bunch of layups and finishes. And that's, that is repeatable when you don't have a great rim, protection, rim protector and you don't have great uh, perimeter defense, which the Nuggets don't usually, even worse now with Gary Harris still out for game two. My best bet, actually my best bet, check it out on my Twitter, at Rivers 21-8 and eight on my pregame picks with analysis. I just put one out this morning. But my bonus bet here on Sleepy's Pod, Donovan Mitchell over 29 and a half. All right, guys, so there you go. Mackenzie Rivers chiming in, giving out some of his best stuff. He's going to give out something there for the Jazz and the Nuggets game. Big thanks to Mackenzie. Uncle Dave, before we go into MLB, I want to ask about the Lakers and the Blazers and, and kind of what you saw in that game last night. Because I don't think it was like a, a massive shock that the Blazers went out and won that game. I'm just curious kind of like what you saw from both teams last night because 
Now, I have some thoughts with with both teams and what I saw. Were you surprised at all by that result last night? I was not surprised at the total. I had a big bet on the under, and I will probably uh, do the same thing in the second game. But um, I wasn't surprised. You know, I think that the game started out with uh, Portland taking that relatively huge lead. And honestly, I think the Lakers just didn't have the focus. I think Portland's in their head a little bit. I noticed the line for the second game came out at, I think, Lakers minus six, and I'll probably take Portland again. I think people are just thinking that, well, maybe maybe the Lakers will wake up. Well, I don't I do not do maybe, so I, I think the Blazers may well win that game too. I mean, you know, you look at the look at the box score from that. Lillard got his, but, you know, he had a little help from Nurtich and Anthony, and you look at the box score, Lakers had, you know, LeBron did what LeBron does, you know, 17 rebounds, 16 assists. 23 points. Davis had 28 points. But after that, nothing. So, yeah, I think I think the Blazers are just a little younger uh, and a step quicker. And right now, I think they're the better team. You know, what I noticed last night in that game is as, as I was watching it, you know, the, the Blazers have four guys out there that, one, they're not afraid to shoot the ball, but, two, they can knock down the outside shot. I mean, you got Lillard, McCollum, Carmelo, and Trent all within like the last like three minutes of the game, all taking big shots. Now the Blazers ended up falling behind by like six points and it didn't matter. Like those guys came down the court, boom, they were taking that shot. Now, fortunately they all made them, but I mean, they're, they're not afraid to take those shots. And what I noticed from the Lakers, you know, they were dying to go ahead and get the ball to LeBron last night. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. I mean, LeBron's not, you know, he, he's not a Lillard from the outside and you just can't, keep giving the ball to that guy. And it's like, well, we're down six. You know, you need six points or five points and, and you're handing the ball to LeBron to go ahead and shoot a three. I'm like, that's just not going to work. You're giving the ball to Green and he's out there and he's ice cold and he's not playing well. And then you got guys like Pope who, you know, he goes 0 for 9. He's out on the court for 30 minutes. He has one point, you know, one one rebounder, one assist. I mean, that's, they're just not built right now. I don't think to to win a championship. That that's certainly not a championship team. You know, they could beat you one on one one game, but I think a seven game series is going to be tough for them. And they probably drew the the worst team possible right now. You know, the Blazers have they have nothing to lose. I mean, they they are kind of in a sense playing with house money. I mean, would they even have made the playoffs had we can you know had we continued to go ahead and play the regular season? I don't know. I think it would have been tough because the Pelicans had such an easy schedule. So. I mean, this is a team that that's you know, I, I think they're built to go ahead and give teams a lot of trouble, you know, with the way that they shoot threes. If you go through the, you know, you talked about the box score. If you go through that box score last night, Lakers had like plus eighteen shots last night to the Blazers. They they won the assist battle. They won the, I think they might have won the rebound battle. I mean, they were winning all kinds of areas, points in the paint, fast break points. I think they won the assist battle. I think they won the the turnover battle. I mean, I was looking up and down, and I'm like, well, where the hell? How do you have plus 18 in shots, and you won, you know, 85% of the areas of the box score? I'm like, well, what happened? Well, 15% shooting from three, uh, 30-some percent shooting from uh, from the field. I think they shot like 60% from the free throw line. It's that it, That team – in a nutshell, it's pretty simple. They can't shoot. Um, you know, everything that they're doing is it's it's coming from around the rim. And if if you can't go ahead and defend them to go ahead and stop them from getting to the bucket, there's no way in hell they're going to win. So, 
hopefully, you know, they can unscrew themselves. But if the Blazers really lock down around that rim area and having a guy like Whiteside last night, you know, really helped them. I mean, he was out there blocking shots left and right, blocking big shots at the end of the game. That really hurt the uh, that really hurt the Lakers. And if they go back to that, you know, trying to go up against Whiteside, it's not going to be an easy one. Um, let's talk one more quick NBA game here, Uncle Dave. 76ers, Celtics. We don't have to get too much into this game. I like the Celtics overall. I think that they're probably the second or third best team in the East. My gut's probably like the second or first, actually, to be honest with you. But Gordon Hayward goes down for the Celtics. I'm not sure if you think that that's a big loss for that team. What do you think about Hayward going down for Boston? Well, I think it would be a big loss for a lot of teams. I don't think it's a big loss for Boston. I mean, they're just so deep. And and I know a lot of people are kind of picking Philadelphia to rebound. But, you know, much like I think the Blazers are, are in people's heads right now, you know, over the last several years, the Celtics are in Philadelphia's head. I mean, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what the what the record is, but, but uh, Boston owns Philadelphia. And... You know, if you look at a comparison between the the Lakers game and the and the Celtics game, well, the, you know the Lakers in that game last night had 22 assists and and LeBron had 16 of them, and so they had like no ball rotation. And I look at the Philadelphia and you know what do they really have uh, beyond Embiid and and uh, maybe maybe Harris? You know they 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 just they're gonna rely on 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 two guys. And Boston is just entirely too deep. So in as much as maybe the knee-jerk reaction would be that Philadelphia will rebound and, and you know, Embiid's all this and all that, and, and Boston's going to suffer without Hayward. I just think Boston's so deep, and, and they play without Hayward for so long. This is not a big deal for them, and I think probably they win and cover game two as well. Yeah, I kind of like Boston tonight myself. I think the – the Hayward subtraction is only going to equal a higher-paced Boston team. That's just the way that I feel. Um, you know, that team has – they got five guys on the floor that, you know, kind of – you know, they all, they all want to shoot. And when you have four four or five guys out there that all want to shoot it, I think it just creates for a slower type of offense. But I do think that the Hayward subtraction is going to lead to Brown and Tatum, you know, running up and down the court, running and gunning. And – um I kind of lean a little bit to the over here, but I do like Boston tonight. Let me talk some baseball here. Uncle Dave, we got Rays and the Yankees. How about that? Glass now will be on the mound here for the Rays. Cole will be on the mound here for the Yanks. The Yanks are going to be like minus 182. Total right now sitting at eight. There is some juice on the over. I don't see any eight and a halfs out there anywhere. So that's what we got there, Uncle Dave. Yankees at home here, minus 180, total eight. A little bit of juice on the over. What do you think? You know, I think everybody's going to jump on Cole, and the price certainly reflects that they have. But the Yankees, obviously they don't have Stanton, they don't have Judge, and now they don't have DJ LeMahieu. He might miss two to three weeks. And I just think that is a really big ask to expect the Yankees to put up runs. And, yes, Cole is Cole is Cole, but – he also has already faced Tampa Bay just a week ago, and they did put three runs on the board in four and two-thirds innings. And I look at sort of how he's fared against the the Rays lineup, and you know, it's pretty rudimentary. But you know, a guy like G-Man Choi has 
three homers and eight at-bats off of him, and Yandy Diaz has hit him pretty well. And I look at Glass now, and I'm thinking, well, you know, he can strike a lot of people out, uh, but he also can walk a lot of people, and he's kind of hit and miss. But he also just got drilled by the Yankees, and these guys faced each other in that same game. Cole uh, pitched against Tampa Bay. Cole pitched against Tampa Bay. Glass now won against the Yankees, and uh, he was hit pretty hard by the Yankees. That's another reason I think that line's pretty big. But I almost always look for a little bit of regression. You know, I look for the pitcher to make some adjustments. when he's clearly more motivated to last more than two and two-thirds innings like he did last week. So for me, especially with that total low, I'm not enamored with the Rays' bullpen, but I'm enamored enough at that price to take the Rays on the run line. I, I don't love it. I like it quite a bit. Um, there's just no way without uh, those three hitters for the Yankees, Stanton, Judge, and LeMahieu, that I could justify laying 180 and expecting them to get any margin. Now, they may well, but you know the total certainly doesn't suggest it. So I'm, I'm thinking uh, Rays' run line, Looks like a pretty solid bet. You know, if I can get five innings out of glass now, I think we'd be okay. I think we'll know. That's a game I think you'll know really early how it's going to go. I mean, I think if the Rays stay in that for a few innings, that will look like a really good bet. But, you know, glass now could get crushed. I just don't think he will. Yeah, I don't have much of an opinion with that one. I think it's tough for me to go ahead and probably play on the Yankees just because of their health situation right now. And then it's tough for me to go ahead and touch it's kind of tough to touch the Rays right now because Glass now, I mean, he's gone up against the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and, you know, he's been hit up in, in those games. But we'll see. That, that'll that be more more than anything a pass for me. Let's jump over to a game that could be quite exciting. Uncle Dave, the Houston Astros at the Colorado Rockies. Obviously, this one will be in Coors Field. So maybe we have some runs in this one. This total right now sitting at 12 and a half. Obviously, we know we have plenty of power. In this game with the Astros coming to town, Astros are a favorite right now with Valdez on the mound, right around minus 140, 145. As I mentioned, total 12 and a half. Casanelli will go for the Rockies. What's your thoughts on this one here, Uncle Dave? Well, I like the Colorado Rockies on the run line quite a bit. And because you have such a high total, you can get the run line pretty cheap, probably minus 115. You know, anybody that that it doesn't know that that run line price is generally correlated to the total. You know, if it's a game of, of, of uh, uh, total expected runs of seven ish or, or even eight, you know, then, then obviously as we talk that, that plus one and a half is a lot more valuable and obviously a high total like 12 and a half, it's less valuable, but I'll take it because I'll look at the Astros and they won, I, I believe six in a row, but the last three, including two against Colorado, were all one-run games. And in those last four games, they only scored two runs three times and three runs once. So they're not putting up a ton of runs. And I actually uh, faded Valdez, I believe, when he played Oakland. I'm not sure. I, I was on the wrong side of him one time. And he's looked pretty good. But I look at the body of work, and, and I think his – He's not as good as his early numbers might seem. And he just, you know, the Dodgers lit him up pretty good. He pitched pretty well against Oakland, gave up a lot of hits, uh, didn't give up a lot of runs. He was able to strike some people out. But Oakland hasn't been hitting. And then his last game, he looked pretty good. That was against Seattle. You know, and now he goes against the Colorado team. And I, I wonder a guy, a young guy like Valdez, especially, 
you know, first game pitching in Coors Field. I mean, that that could get in his head. Then I look at the fact that, you know, Alvarez is already out for the Astros. Michael Brantley's out. Uh, Springer is listed as questionable right now. So then I look at Colorado, and, you know, Castellani has looked half decent. I mean, he, he did shut out Seattle in four innings, didn't even give up a hit. And then he went pretty good against Texas, four and two-thirds innings, two hits, seven strikeouts. So, you know, I have a funny feeling the wrong team may be favored here. Uh, but I'm 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 going to throw a little bit on the Rockies, uh, but I'm going to throw a little bit more on the Rockies run line. Sleepy, that that looks like a solid one to me. I think if I were going to do anything in this one, I would try to go ahead and play maybe Valdez over his strikeouts. I mean, it's it's a stat area that is pretty good for him. I mean, if you go through and you look throughout the season, he has 24 strikeouts on the season. He has an 8, a 9, and a 5K strikeout game, and those are his last three. So I don't know. I, it was a wager I was thinking about making, and then I'm looking at the price, and it's over 4.5, 140. I'm like, well, he's gone over that three times, three straight games in a row, and I could get plus 140. And I know it's I know it's the Rockies, and, and sometimes guys don't last long enough out there. But I guess it's just a gut feeling. I mean – you know how it is, Uncle Dave, sometimes. It's, do you have, like, a perfect handicap for for each and every play? No, you don't. And sometimes you just have a gut feeling, and sometimes it, it, it proves to be right. I mean, I had a game last night where, you know, the, the Phillies in Boston, and I didn't have, you know, a whole lot of solid reasoning why I thought they would score a ton of runs in that game. And, you know, my handicap was pretty simple, that I thought they might score 20 runs, and they ended up scoring 19. And... I mean, you're the only one that could really answer that for me, Uncle Dave, is sometimes you just get that gut feeling, and it's, it's kind of the feeling I have right now with, with Valdez with the over strikeouts. But can you, can you at least talk to that is, you know, you might not have, like, the greatest reasoning, but you, you kind of just – you've seen enough over the course of time where it's like that, that kind of just makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I think for me, when, you, when you're talking about that, what resonates with me – it's kind of like the eyeball test. You know, you can look at stats all you want and you can look at, at all these other intangibles that we factor in to a lot of these handicaps, but sometimes nothing is better than the eyeball test. You know, you might look at, you might look at a guy like him that, that didn't have a lot of strikeouts in a game, but if you watch the game and you watch the umpire, you know, he kind of got squeezed quite a bit or, Maybe he was pitching in tough situations that weren't necessarily his fault or his doing, you know, an error or, a, or something like that, put a guy in scoring position. So I think for me what you're talking about is that whole eyeball test thing. You know, stats don't tell the whole story. So, yeah, there's plenty of times where I've wanted to – I've made a bet, and, you know, when I, if it's a pick that I'm selling, I would, I would want to just say because I said so. <laughs> you know, because it's hard to quantify. Um, but if you watch enough of these games and, and then compare them to the box scores, there's a lot of things that 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 just don't show up unless you, you know, unless you know. And sometimes you just know. And so, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And uh, kudos to you. Kudos to you. I mean, you know, I think they might score 20 runs. That's a solid handicap, and they only got 19. So I'm a little disappointed, but nice win for you, buddy. I think you make a perfect point with the eyeball test, you know, if you watch the Lakers last night, I mean, it would be hard to kind of go ahead and say that they lost that game. And then you can go through the box score and be like, well, here's 
this, this, and this, and be like, all right, well, that kind of makes sense. And then when you watch them, you you would you can you can come up with a much better handicap, you know, just from watching that game. I mean, it's it's quite simple, at least with that team. They just don't have anybody that can shoot the damn ball. But you know, you're right, Uncle Dave. It is kind of the eyeball test, and it's not that I've seen a ton of Valdez, but I've seen enough of the Rockies to know that there's games at times where you know they'll end up just going cold and striking out and and you know playing like crap in a game that you know you expect a ton of runs. I leaned to the over in that one. That was just my initial gut feeling, like right when this game uh, ended up on our list here. I don't know. Over four and a half plus 140, why not? I'll throw a pizza bet on that one. It's kind of more more or less just a gut feeling. Let's jump over to, oh, here's a game I know you want to talk about, Uncle Dave. Arizona at Oakland. Oakland will have Lazardo on the mound. Right now, minus 160 favorites for the A's. Kelly will go for the D-backs. Total sitting at eight and a half. A little bit of juice here on the under. I'll let you go ahead and talk about this one first, Uncle Dave. Well, it's funny that when when you said you wanted to use this game as one of our three games we'd look at today, I was like, ew, I hate that game. But the more I look at it, I actually like this game. And I like Arizona. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I think – I mean, I don't know how Oakland – uh, they're just not playing well right now. Can be minus one hundred and fifty or minus one hundred and sixty or whatever they are. Uh, I think people are going on the old Oakland that wasn't necessarily playing well. Uh, well, Oakland's not playing well. They haven't been hitting for quite some time. Then I look at Lazardo and like, why is a guy that gave up nine runs in less than four innings to the Giants uh, a one hundred and sixty-ish favorite? I mean, he shouldn't be. You know, he. He looked good in his first game against Texas, but that was the first game and nobody had ever seen him. Then Houston got him a little bit. Now these teams got a book on him and he's given up three jacks in his last nine innings. So I just don't grasp how Oakland could be that big of a favorite. And, you know, we know Arizona's playing super well. Um, I'm not enamored with Arizona's bullpen, but Kelly, I keep thinking, well, I'm going to fade him. I'm going to fade him. I'm going to fade him. Well, he's won three out of four, and the only game he lost uh, was 3 nothing to the Dodgers, which only given up three runs to the Dodgers. is almost like a win for most pitchers. Uh, and now you get him, now you let him pitch in that big, huge park. Um, I just think that that is just way too big of a price. And because Oakland does have a better bullpen typically than Arizona, maybe not lately, but typically, I think that run line that I, Arizona plus one and a half at, I think I've seen. I think you can get minus one thirty-five. I I really like that quite a bit, actually. I will give you some props for your Arizona take earlier on in the season. You said that you know Arizona potentially could make the playoffs, and I mean, take a look at what they're doing right now. I mean, that team's been red hot, thirteen and eleven on the season. So, you know, your opinion on those guys early in the season, at least a bet that you know that a lot of people probably wouldn't have made, but. At least if you're holding the ticket on the Diamondbacks right now, you're feeling pretty good with the way they're playing baseball. I, I would probably go ahead and, and maybe play the under in this one. Oakland's bats have cooled down a little bit. And I think Lazardo can be decent enough to go ahead and keep the score down. Um, you know, this is a, a little bit better of a ballpark as we were talking about home runs, you know, versus going into uh, Arizona. So uh, I would lean to the under in that one. I don't have a whole hell of a lot in baseball today. For some reason, I just... You know how it is, Uncle Dave. You just get sour on a card, and then everything starts looking right. And then before you know it, you're now you're 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 
drawn straws to go ahead and, and find, you know, a game. And sometimes it's easier just to go ahead and pass, watch, and go to the next day that you'll end up with, you know, a much better idea of what might happen. So, I'll, yeah, I'll probably go ahead and play the under in that one. I don't think the D-backs are going to erupt for, you know, 10 runs again like they did yesterday. So I'll go ahead and uh, I'll look at the under in that game. And the juice is coming in on the under, so at least there's some uh, some smart money heading in that direction. Uh, let's see. Anything else, Uncle Dave? Hockey's wrapped up for the Golden Knights. That was pretty cool. They end up winning their series against Chicago. That was good. I had the over in that one last night. I bet that one late, so I was quite happy about that. I guess that's about it there, Uncle Dave. We have our golf pod. That's up. That's uh that should be an interesting one. That one tees off tomorrow. If you guys haven't listened to that yet, make sure you guys go to my Twitter and check that out. Sleepy J underscore pregame. And myself and Chris Dell actually went through last night. We did our fantasy stuff. We actually went through for about an hour and a half and we talked buy and sell quarterbacks. And we we kind of just dove into to the quarterbacks. Now we're going to go ahead and separate it. We're going to do wide receivers. We're going to do running backs. And then we'll do the tight ends, defense, and kickers. So you guys will have like four separate podcasts for fantasy. And those will be coming out here um, shortly. I have to go ahead and and kind of fix them up a little bit. I was a little rusty because I, I honestly just been deep diving in baseball and basketball and golf on Uncle Dave and, and daily work stuff that, you know, I haven't really gotten around to deep diving into the fantasy stuff. But if you guys listen to Chris, when you hear him talk, you're going to be like, all right, dude, this guy knows uh, what the hell he's talking about when it comes to fantasy and players. So I'm excited to go ahead and get that out for you guys as soon as possible. But with that said, Uncle Dave, I want to go ahead, get this pot out for these guys. We got Mackenzie's bet coming up here earlier, and we'll uh, we'll double check and see how we do here tomorrow with our baseball stuff. But with that said, I'm Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You guys can get him at Dave underscore Essler. Big thanks to Mackenzie Rivers. You guys can find him at Mac and Rivers, and you can get us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.